told you I had a, a group of people I was trying to target each evening. And our young, young people are such a blessing and such soft hearts. And if we could be more like them, wouldn't that be amazing? And I don't think I have to yell wake up this evening. My, my message tonight is for sinners. Could be any one of us, right? And maybe it's sinner, wake up. You know, when Elijah was on the mountain and the, the wind was blowing and the mountain was trembling and there was fire and it says the whirlwind come through and God wasn't in it, where was God? He was in that still, small voice. Sometimes we don't hear it. Sometimes he's holding out his hands and he's right in front of us and we won't accept his gift. Why won't we do that? Why won't we take what he has to offer us? Let's say our memory selection, Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. This evening the message is entitled, The Cost of Freedom. None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. So I guess the first question I should ask this evening is, are you free? Are you free? If you are free, how do you know you're free? What do you consider freedom? Freedom looks different to different people. To some, freedom is the ability to do as they please. To some, it's the ability to say that they, what they want, when they want. Freedom of speech. <laughs> to some, the freedom they possess was earned by the blood and sweat and tears of a young man who fought in wars on their behalf. On behalf of people who were there to oppress them. And these people's freedom still rely on young men and women today to protect them and to fight on their behalf and to stand up and hopefully defend their freedom that they hold so dear. Is your freedom reliant on someone else doing their part? Is your freedom reliant on someone else doing their part? If this is the case, does your freedom seem a little shaky this evening? What if that young man runs when the bullets start flying? What if he doesn't stand up when the enemy's coming in? What if he isn't there when you expected him to be there? Well, suddenly you have to defend yourself. Well, what if you're one against a million? <laughs> it's not very good odds. What if you're one against a hundred? Eventually they're going to overwhelm you. Who are you relying on for your freedom? How many of you took your freedom for granted about three years ago? The freedom <laughs> to come to church when you wanted to, how you wanted to. People that weren't even all that faithful to coming to church all of a sudden miss coming to church. Like, man, I wish we could go to church. I wish we could uh, worship without masks on our faces. Uh, who misses the mask? <laughs> Thought there'd be a big raise of hands. No, I didn't. Let me ask you again. Are you free and how do you know? What if you falsely believe you're free? What if you think you're free because you're doing what you want to do and nobody will tell you any different and if they do, you're not going to listen anyway? 
Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Let's start at verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he had come to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now the elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered him and said to the father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me, gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. There was a young man here that wanted freedom. He was tired of working for his dad. He was tired of being under his dad's authority, and he couldn't wait to get out of the house. He came to his dad and said, give me my portion. So what did his dad do? He said, his dad, since he had two sons, he said he divided to them his inheritance. That was another one of those clicking moments. Did you re remember reading that he gave to them his inheritance? So that day, not only did the younger son get the inheritance, but the elder son got his portion that day. So the elder son was given his half of the inheritance, or whatever it is, probably a bigger portion of the inheritance. And he cho chose to stay at home at his dad's farm and just keep on working. But he found freedom in obeying his dad. He found freedom in living under authority. The younger son found freedom in living for himself. He found freedom in doing what he wanted to do. He found freedom with no rules, no accountability. But the freedom was short-lived. Something happened. Real life happened. Suddenly he had to work for a living. The money ran out. The friends disappeared. The fun quit happening. He got hungry. He had to start paying bills. Now he didn't have any money to pay bills. He was hungry, couldn't buy food, and his friends didn't consider him great company now that his funds were depleted. But none of that really mattered, did it? He was free. No, he wasn't free. 
He was a slave to his appetites. How many young men are a slave to their appetite? Young women, slaves to their appetite. Older men, older women. Romans 6.16, 6, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. I know far too many stories where doing what I want or having freedom to do what I want got out of control and started to control that individual. Wants turned into needs. Needs couldn't be fulfilled and it turned into desperation. Desperation turned into deep depression. A desire just to feel anything, to feel wanted, to feel loved, to feel cared for. They were out on their own, they're having a good time, they thought. And then it, it left them empty. It left them scared. It left them in chains. Serving self leads to an extreme emptiness and loneliness that few can describe. Anger, shame, guilt, all crashing down. I knew young girls that were feeling so desperate just to, to, just to feel anything, they started cutting themselves. They just wanted to feel some pain. They just wanted to feel something. These were Mennonite girls. Did you know that come into our midst? Suicide is the second leading cause of death in young people and young adults ages 10 to 34. Freedom to serve self ends in death. I had a cousin, and people begged her not to go down the path that she was choosing. But she didn't listen. Ended up in an abusive relationship. Eventually got divorced, left alone with three children. Had to work a job. Had to pay the bills. Had to do all these things. The fun eventually stopped. Girls that grew up in your circumstances, grew up... We were good friends. We did a lot of crazy things together. Grew up just like me. She made a few different decisions than I did. Just a few. It wasn't drastic. A few different choices. Just remember, every choice you make is directional. It will lead you somewhere. What are your choices leading you today? Her life ended in a horrible suicide. And we're at her funeral. And it wasn't a very hopeful funeral. This is not the subject for the evening, but who you marry could have a huge bearing on where you will spend eternity. If you haven't selected your partner yet, remember that. Who you marry will have a huge impact on where you spend eternity. If you have selected your partner, you're to be with them for life and stay faithful. God is greater than all our problems that we face. Did the elder son have freedom serving his dad? I think he did. He had freedom until his younger brother came home, and then he lost his freedom. All that his dad had was his to use and freely enjoy. If he wanted a fatted calf killed, he could have went out and killed the fatted calf. He probably owned a half a dozen himself. He was not a slave to his own passion. He, wasn't, he, he, hadn't, he had enough bread to eat and clothes to wear. The older son allowed his emotions to steal his freedom. He allowed his lack of compassion to steal his freedom. The younger son did not have the power to take away his freedom. 
but he chose to lose his freedom by being will, unwilling to forgive his brother. Like the children. Some jumped up and selected the $1 bills right away. Others waited a little bit. I, Jesus is calling people to the fold. If you're old and you haven't accepted Jesus, he wants you. He, if you're young, he wants you. If you're middle-aged, he wants you. He wants you at any time. And we should be rejoicing and praising God any time a sinner finds Jesus. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I don't want to make big, bold statements, but if I'm thinking clearly, which since having COVID twice or three times is a question, freedom is never free. It costs someone something. The freedom that I possess this evening, the freedom which I want to extend to you, cannot be taken away. It does not depend on a brave soldier giving his life. It is not contingent on my physical constraints or lack thereof. It cannot be purchased with any sum of money, but must be accepted by faith. The freedom that I possess will not be taken away by sword, by tribulation, by peril, by acts of war. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things present, nor height, nor depth, nor any th other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. It cost God His only begotten Son. And you might say, well, He got Him back, didn't He? He would have never had to send Him. Imagine the, the eternal bliss and joy that Jesus was living in to come to this sin-cursed earth to become a lowly human being. To, to come to a bunch of wretched sinners and say, I, I'm going to take ridicule. I'm going to take mockery. I'm going to take being spit upon because I love you. And then they said, we don't, who cares? We don't want that. We have something better. We want our own freedom. You were not worth it, but to him you were. <laughs> he loves you. God loves you. He wanted to send his son if he didn't. Are you willing to give up your son for someone? Your little boy that was raised in your arms, you held, and there's a druggie who doesn't care about anyone. You say, well, I'm going to give my son for you. <laughs> it says, for a righteous man, some would maybe dare to die. But what about us? Romans 5, 6, here we go. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. He came to us in our worst possible state. And then, after being tortured, beaten, ridiculed, he was nailed to that cross, and what little blood was left in him dripped to the ground for your sin and for my sin and for our freedom. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Ephesians 2.
Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves that is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Why is it that there are those even in our midst who are choosing not to accept the free gift of salvation? Do they not recognize what pain and sorrow it cost their Savior? What love it took to, for God to send His only begotten Son to us in our sinful state of rebellion and serving God's enemy, the devil? That's what we were doing. If you're not serving Jesus today, and you're of the age of accountability, you're serving the devil. There's only two roads. There's not a middle ground. Self doesn't come into play there, and you're... You're ser- I'm just serving myself, so I'm not serving God, but I'm not serving the devil. That doesn't work. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, then you're serving the devil. He has extended his grace to you today. Why would you say no? Do you wish to be a stranger from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in this world? Who wants to be without God in this world? Not I. I don't want to be without God. I don't want to give up my freedom. Is it possible that perhaps they don't recognize their need? Maybe you've obeyed your parents real good. You've submitted to authority. You've done as you were told. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through His Son. If you have not accepted His Son, you will not see the Father. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you? It's a little children's song we sing, but it's meaningful. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. Don't believe him when they say there's other ways to get to heaven. You have to come through the door. You have to come through Jesus. He's the door. John 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him, If ye continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah! Right? The truth shall make us free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Doesn't sin blind our eyes? Were they never in bondage to any man? Maybe those people weren't, but I thought they were under Roman rule right then. Sin blinds our eyes. We think we're free and we're not. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whoso committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. 
If you don't have freedom in Christ here this evening, you're not free at all. You're in the bondage of sin. Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. If the Son will make you free, you shall be free indeed. This freedom comes with a satisfaction guarantee. Is the Son living in your heart? Have you confessed and repented of your sins and then forsaken them and asked Jesus to come into your heart? If you have, and if you are not receiving satisfaction, I would like to talk to you because there's something amiss. The Christian life is satisfying. It's fulfilling. It's awesome. <laughs> and there's Christians that say, well, they're downhearted, they're discouraged, they're Something's wrong. <laughs> That's not the Christian life. There's something wrong. And, some, and often we know what's wrong and we don't want to do anything about it. Is that true? <laughs> often we already know what's wrong. All my life long I had panted for a drop from some cool spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within, feeding on the husks around me till my strength was almost gone. Long my soul for something better, only still to hunger on. Poor I was, and sought for riches, something that would satisfy. But the dust I gathered round me only mocked my soul's sad cry. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never faileth, my Redeemer is to me. Chorus, hallelujah, I have found him, whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longings. Through his life, I now am saved. Isn't that a blessing? Are you satisfied this evening? Turn with me to Galatians 4. Now I say, Galatians 4, 1, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that he might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more servant, but a son. And if the Son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. How be it then, when you knew not God... Ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? God sent his Son, who is free from sin, yet under the law, to redeem those of us that, well, those that were under the law, and also to adopt us Gentiles into his family. No more servants of sin but free in Christ. And more than that, he's given us an inheritance. <laughs> what a wonderful blessing. We didn't deserve anything. He not only pardoned our sin, he gave us a, an inheritance. What a deal is that? I was giving out $1 bills and making people happy. <laughs> he's given us life everlasting. How is it then that when we've been made free from sin and bondage, we would again desire to be back into that bondage. Why is that? Our carnal man? Our, our carnal nature? 
when we willfully sin after obtaining freedom in Christ, we willingly give up freedom for chains. Don't do it. And if you do, be mindful of the Holy Spirit because he offers forgiveness. He offers mercy and grace. But he doesn't want you harboring that sin. And a little sin, <laughs> is there a little sin? It will turn into a big sin. It will turn into more sin. It will turn into deeper bondage. I talked to people that are addicted to things. And, and they're in deep bondage. And they said, how did I get to this point? And I said, when did you get to this point? They said, what does it matter? And I said, I think it matters. If you're a Christian, if you've given your heart to Christ, and then you're again entangled in the things of this world to the point that it becomes an addiction, you're in a seriously bad spot because you've flaunted the grace that was given to you. Let us not do that. And if you're in an addiction, you can get out of it, but it's going to take the working of the Spirit. It's going to take the working of yourself. It's going to take the working of the brotherhood. It's going to take accountability. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a lot of things. Repentance being the number one. If you're here this evening and you're, way, and you're wearing, weighing the cost and you're thinking of all the dreams that won't be fulfilled if you accept this freedom, the desires that won't be met, will these things bring you pleasure? These goals in life that you're waiting to accept Christ because you're going to fulfill some goal, do you think that's going to satisfy you once you've reached that goal and attained to whatever it was? I can't even remember what my goals were. But I had some foolish goals that if I accepted the Lord, I wouldn't be able to complete. And praise the Lord, I didn't go through with that. <laughs> I think I wanted to race motocross. Well, that would have brought me a lot of happiness, wouldn't of it? No, it wouldn't have. The reality is that any endeavor we undertake apart from Christ does not bring fulfillment. Anyone been reading through Ecclesiastes? My children are tired of it. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity, saith the preacher. I said, that's a life without Christ. <laughs> that's not the life I'm living. The things I do bring me satisfaction. The things I do bring me joy. Whether it's getting up and walking through the chickens or whether it's coming and preaching to you this evening. They bring me joy and satisfaction. And that's not because of the money. <laughs> I know we all like money a certain amount, but it's because of Jesus Christ. There's not a single person who ever has the means to try everything under the sun. But what if you did? What if you never ran out of money? What if you could have everything this world has to offer? What if you could have it all? Anything your mind, heart, flesh, lust, what if you could have every single bit of it for 150 years? Would it be worth it? Not at all. And yet we're willing to give up <laughs> tremendous stuff for just a little bit of fleshly lust. Not even a, not even a great deal of it. Mark 8:34 And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also he said unto them Whosoever will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me That sounds like freedom doesn't it Not to the world 
Not to the carnal man. Cross-bearing doesn't sound like freedom. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Brothers and sisters, there's people giving an awful little bit for exchange for their soul. It's like a child taking a $1 bill and becoming mine. <laughs> you didn't know that's part of the deal, did you? But that's what it's like when we indulge in a little bit of sin and we're willing to miss out in heaven for pleasures of sin for a season. Moses, he saw the light. He's like, I have the riches of Egypt here and I could stay in the palace and not get beaten and not go through trials and tribulations, but he chose to be numbered with the children of God. And I pray that you're here this evening and you, that you're willing to be numbered with the children of God as well. Because that's where you're going to want to be when the trump sounds. That's where, what you're going to want to be when you draw your last breath. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. I've, I've told youth, on that day, you're probably going to desire to look weird. You might not want to look weird about around your buddies. You might want to look cool. You might want to be following all the styles. But on the day the trumpet sounds, you're going to wish you looked a little funny. You're going to wish you had a better separation than maybe you have. I believe that's true. <laughs> Natural man does not associate denying self and cross-bearing with freedom. But I'll tell you what, it brings freedom. Sin brings bondage. It's a foreign concept. How can saying no to what I want bring freedom? <laughs> it does. The answer is, if you do not have the ability or capability to say no to your desires, you are bound already. But there is some Olympic athletes and others that have the ability to say no, have the ability to follow authority, have the ability to do right things, but don't have Jesus in their heart. That's just a scary of a place to be. You need Jesus. For a brief moment, imagine a world where everyone did as they pleased. It would be a world filled with violence and chaos. If I wanted Daryl's business, I would try to knock him off, right? If I wanted to go as fast as I could through town, that's what I would do. And a stop sign, maybe I would stop, maybe I wouldn't. But maybe Davey wouldn't stop. Maybe he would because he's a driver's ed teacher. And then I'd run into the back of him. But I was doing what I wanted, and he was doing what he thought he should do. Rules, regulations, governing authorities. These things give us freedom. You don't want to live in a world of chaos, <laughs> which we're living in. They're like, here, give us freedom. Give us diversity. Give us all these things, and it'll make us happy. Do you see happy people walking down the streets? Do you know what the biggest epidemic in the United States is right now? I don't think it's COVID. I think it's drugs. Why? Because they're so happy and fulfilled living for self. Right? Wrong. <laughs> they're not happy. That's why they're doing drugs. But 
Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't do it. Don't go back. If you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. It's not easy, but it's worth it. For brethren, ye have been called under liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If the liberty that you possess in Christ, it gives occasion to the flesh, it's not of Christ anymore. If you're using your liberty to fulfill your fleshly desires, it's not of Christ. I'll leave that for what it's worth. Paul boldly preached the gospel while bound by man. Now, do you ever think how many epistles we have in the New Testament that were written while Paul was in chains? Does he ever talk about liberty and freedom in those? But he was bound. How can a man bound by man in prison walls with a guard on either side talk about liberty? Because it's not contingent on if I'm bound or not. <laughs> There's no one here that can bind or take away my freedom. It's in Christ. It's in my heart. And know what Paul said? He got before King Agrippa and he said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. He was bound and on his way to Rome, and he was happy. <laughs> he didn't even need drugs. Amazing. Acts 26, 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The saddest words we ever hear. Almost thou persuadest me. What if I almost persuaded someone this evening? God forbid. <laughs> I want to fully persuade you. But I will allow you to think about it. <laughs> I think I was maybe a little too hard yesterday. I hope that you do continue to think on the things that you've heard. Because sometimes we have to think on something a little bit before it clicks. And praise God, he gives us mercy and grace. You've received it today, the fact that you're here. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. He didn't want them bound, but he was okay with them. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor and Bernice... And they that sat with them, and when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man doth nothing, worth, doth nothing worthy of death or bonds. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. What they didn't know is Christ had set Paul at liberty on the road to Damascus. <laughs> he was already at liberty. He was living liberated in Christ. If you hear of wars and rumors of war, it's not contingent on some soldier on the front line protecting us. It's not con contingent on our, our president in D.C. hitting the right buttons at the right time. That's not going to help us at all. Our freedom is in Christ. And if we die, if we suffer, where do we go? To be with him. What freedom? Freedom is available to you. Not as this world gives us, but as the Father. Freedom from fear. A lot of people fear COVID. Why? 
because they might die. Oh, that would be awful. Death? We're all scared of that. Well, if you don't have Christ in your heart, you will be scared of death. None of us want to die, but it should not be a fear that drives us. Freedom from doubt. Freedom from sin. Freedom from self. Freedom in Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, I can't thank you enough for offering a poor, wretched sinner like myself this freedom. Thank you for bringing satisfaction. Thank you for just loving me. Thank you for loving each one here. Thank you, for, thank you God, for sending your Son to this sin-cursed earth to give us not only an example, but a redemption, and purchased us freedom, and, and you've given us an inheritance, a place in heaven, a home, mansions being prepared for us on high. Why would we allow the things of this world to allure us? Dear God, forgive us for where we've come short. Forgive us for where our carnal desires have reared their ugly heads and tried to take us aside and tried to bind us again in the bondage that we were made free from. I pray if there's Christians here this evening that have allowed a little sin into their life and they're starting to be bound by this sin, I pray that they would repent and turn to you. I pray for those that haven't accepted your call and you've been calling them and you've been prompting them. I pray that your spirit could have free course and that you would bind the powers of Satan this evening, dear God, and that you would work in our midst. I pray that you would give those courage that need to make things right this evening, that they could stand to their feet as a testimony and a, a promise before you that they're going to be faithful. So I pray that you'd be near the rest of our evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.